Guys, welcome back for episode 150 of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always. Actually, no, not as always. How dare you, sir? How dare you? But the number, you? One, the number one producer in late night, it's Blake Osborne. Blake Osborne. <laughs> Reprising the role that made him famous, producer of It's Too Late. So I actually wanted to do more like a traditional monologue for this show, since it's such a rare treat for us to have a live audience, live band, real late night show. So with that said, you know, I think this past year has been rough for a lot of us. The last, we did episode 100 here a year ago, and a lot of people at the time were like, man, I don't know if I can come. Am I going to be able to get a flight back home? It's been a crazy year. You know, the worst thing is, is that it seems like some of the best people had the worst time, and some of the worst people get off without a scratch. I wish John McCain had lived long enough to die of COVID. <laughs> For those of you who didn't know what kind of show you were attending, now you know. So anyway, uh, you might have heard this meme on the internet about libertarians being autistic. Libertarians are a little autistic. Now, that actually has a foundation. That got started when this lady named Nancy McLean wrote this book named Democracy in Chains. And when she wrote that book, she made comments about how these cold, dispassionate, logical thinkers, like libertarians, they must be on the spectrum. Guys, that's outrageous. That's absurd. How could this lady be so wrong about so many different things, like the dangers of the state, war and limited government, welfare, and yet be so right about libertarians. <laughs> I know that because there's a room full of them right now, and it has about the same sin as a Magic the Gathering convention, if you, know, if you get my drift. So, uh, man, I really feel like I'm killing this monologue right now. Kind of like how that brain tumor killed John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're just, we're just getting started, my friends. <laughs> so, um, you know, lots of news with Biden and Pelosi. Pelosi has said she wants to go after those people involved in the insurrection on January 6th. They're domestic terrorists. You know what else they are? They're conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists are dangerous. They believe crazy things like QAnon and stolen elections and all that kind of stuff. Biden agreed with Pelosi. He said, you know what? We ought to do to those conspiracy candidates what we did to Kennedy. <laughs> There's at least a quarter of the audience is like, what in God's name have I gotten myself into? <laughs> yeah, they're even waving from the back. So do, do a little bit of housekeeping. So we're going to try to keep this episode pretty clean. We're going to promote it. It's going to be on YouTube and Odyssey and all that. So we're, we're kind of taking the, the major TV network strategy of, you know, no really hard swear words. So, you know, damn, hell, ass, those are okay. But no, no F words and slurs, things that would get me canceled. So uh, if you don't like that, you can visit euthanasia.com slash dickshitters to get the information you need to make the right choice for you. 
That was it. And I'm probably going to bleep it, by the way, in editing. That was it. I know. I'm sorry. Have you guys ever been hit with this one? You're arguing with some folks on social media. By the way, you've already made a mistake. <laughs> and you lay out your case. You put your argument out there. They hit you with the R word. You're a racist. You're a racist. Everyone who doesn't agree with me is a racist. I say to those people, hey, don't attack me personally. Attack my argument with facts and logic, you stupid cracker. <laughs> I had to say cracker right there instead of a different word. I think y'all understand. You know, Dr. Seuss was racist. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Dr. Seuss wrote some mean cartoons about Japanese people during World War II. FDR's not a racist, though. He's a goddamn hero. <laughs> Imagine being the camp counselor of the year from 42 to 45, and you'd get a statue, but Dr. Seuss canceled. Aunt Jemima's racist. Mrs. Butterworth's is racist. I always forget the Land O'Lakes. That's racist. The Washington Redskins are racist. Uncle Ben's is racist. That was a new one for me. Imagine being such a racist that you think a whole group of people are so fragile, you need to protect them from their picture on a box of rice. <laughs> you know what? Maybe the real racists were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> with that said, welcome, friends, to episode 150 of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. We're going to be right back with the meme of the week and viewer mail right after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Mosley. Misled Utopia is not just our musical guest, but they're also the house band tonight. Give it up for Misled Utopia. Like I said before, it's such a rare treat for us to actually be able to do the whole live late night thing. Ooh, y'all just found out the show's not normally live. My bad. With that said, hey, uh, hey Blake. Yeah! What time is it? What to do with your mask? Roll it up really small. Moisten it with water or perhaps KY jelly. Lift your left leg and I think you know the rest. And that, my friends, is the last we're going to talk about the lockdowns and mask and all that BS. We're done with the COVID stuff. 
we're good on that. So um, normally, at this stage of the show, we like to do the viewer mail, where I get on our little laptop here and I answer questions from fans around the world. It makes me sound like I have a lot of fans. But tonight, since we have audience here in the room, we're going to field those questions in person. And to help us do that, we have Sherry Voluntary to take questions from the audience. Go on. Okay. Well, our first question is from Michael Clark. He would like to ask. Come on up. Don't be shy. By the way, I made them answer or ask their own questions. They're not getting out of this. You're attached to this now. If you were going to work at Disney as a character that interacts with the visitors, mm -hmm. what character would it be? What character would it be if I worked at Disney? Um, grumpy. It's got to be, right? I mean, I mean, there's people in the audience saying, yes, mm -hmm, that's right, it's grumpy. I was thinking of saying Jasmine, but we're going to go with grumpy. I actually have a little story about that. I went to Disney World when I was a little kid, and I got to take a picture with grumpy, and I gave little bunny ears, you know, to grumpy. And then, and then we shoved him over and beat the crap out of that actor in the costume. It was great. Acosti, the dwarf. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, well, right. that's, what else did you Our do Our next with them? question is from Mr. Andrew Avery, the pun master extraordinaire of the show. <laughs> for those who don't regularly watch the show, viewer mail is for people to ask me and Blake or Sherry questions, but sometimes people feel like that's their platform to perform their stand-up, and one such person is Andrew Avery. <laughs> Andrew! So with all of the uh, sexual harassment allegations, do you think um, Governor Cuomo will uh, fire his gubernatorial staff? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? <laughs> Remember that conversation we had before the show about not saying vulgar things and it was going to be TV friendly? Okay. Um, Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> no, he will not because he'll be the first to go off. <laughs> All right. Quick. Our next question is from Mr. Robert Paro. Is that correct? Did I say yeah, it right? That's right. So I, w I wanted to ask you what it was like to be on the little-known podcast called The Tom Woods Show. So I was a guest on The Tom Woods Show. I didn't really care for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I will tell you this. When you're doing a show like that, and, and other people here who are friends of mine that I know have their own programs, you know, there's private conversations. You, you have a little, you get to warm up a little bit, have a little conversation before the show, and then you tape, and then maybe afterwards you spend a few minutes saying, hey, what would you think about this? Hey, was that great? So this may come as a surprise to you, but Tom is a more fiery individual than you might think he is when the camera is not on. Now... He, he did already tell me to my face that I was bullshitting my audience. And he also called me a bastard one time. But in my, defense, that in my defense, that wasn't my fault. He has the infamous honor of having been on this program in like the first year that we did the show. And he locked himself out of his own office. <laughs> and so I'm looking at his empty chair on Skype and hearing Tom Woods outside the door yelling, Alan, are you there? Alan, I can't get into my office. And there's actually, and 
we do have the tape, although I won't play the whole tape for people publicly. There's a part of the tape where you can hear in the muffled background, this is hopeless. <laughs> and you know what? If you're appearing on this show, it is hopeless. <laughs> but other than that, yes, it was a thrill to be on the Tom Woods show. I'll never be back, of course, because I'm not interesting enough, but it was great that I got to be on the one time. Yeah. Thank you. So there Robert. you go. <laughs> All right. And our last question is from Mr. Jonathan Carranza. Carranza? Yeah. Would you like to ask Alan a question? Uh, yeah, uh, just I'd like to apologize. I brought corona to your show. Okay. So, it, you know, after the show, everyone get tested. And if you don't have it, we can go down to the gro uh, grocery store, you know, get some more. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> seriously, in, in regards to elderly, disabled people mm -hmm. falling down and making fun of them, is it only okay if it's Biden, or are they, like, all fair game? Um, it depends on if you like them or not. <laughs> so if Betty White falls, everyone's upset. If Betty White fell, I think everyone would be upset, but I think she would thought, think it was pretty funny. Yeah, she, I don't she think Biden about. thought it was very funny. Yeah. Um, but I will say this, though. It, it did not make our cut for Meme of the Week, but, but in the running was a Thanos meme, but Thanos' face was Kamala Harris, and she was disappointed because her ploy <laughs> failed to knock off her competition. I, I have a follow-up real quick. Okay. What's in that cup? What's in the, it's too late. So by the way, this is from one of our fans, Celeste Annis, brought this cup to episode one. Super fan. Super fan. Super fan. And so I've been using it on my desk ever since. But you might be disappointed to find out that there's not, <laughs> So really, this is great. This cup is actually very symbolic of this whole program, which is, it's, it's fake. <laughs> is that really all the questions we had? That's all the questions we had. <laughs> I wanted to answer one, though. Okay. It was the one about going to Disney. Have you been to Disney World? I before? have, a long time ago. And I decided off of your answer that I would be that dwarf handsy. If I went to... Remember that conversation we had before the show about not trying yeah, to hijack I mean, the program? <laughs> I like to hijack things. I'm a terrorist, remember? <laughs> I just want to say, like, because you know what we do when, I'm, when we're watching the clock and we're trying to judge time? I go on a rant anyway. That's right. That's the right. band looks really uncomfortable with you there. <laughs> Sorry. The whole time this segment's been going on, Rob's been looking at me like, Guys, I, want, I just want to say really quickly a thank you to Sherry. So not only was she a good sport to fill the viewer mail questions, but she's been sitting in for some other SOB who's taken a siesta from the program, and she has been New Blake. So give a round of applause to New Blake. Thank you. Sons goats. On that note, we are going to be right back with Mike Meharry of the Tenth Amendment Sitter, right after this break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at 
All right, everybody, welcome back to It's Too Late with Mike Meharry. I have a very special, very special guest for you tonight. Mr. Alan Mosley. I can't tell you how much it pleases me to take a segment off. You look good up there. I feel good up here. I was going to put the chair down so I didn't tower over you, but I didn't do that. I could do it now. What? There we go. Okay. So, Alan. Mike. How are you tonight? I could be better. Could you, though? <laughs> no. No. I couldn't. Well, you know what? The thing is, is that we, we had this event, and we, and we put it online, and we had this whole thing about this kind of window of time that we were going to try to do the show in, and about an hour and a half after that, we got started. <laughs> yes. Well, so I'm going to interview you. We're going to do this. It's going to be fun. We're going to do this a little different. I've got 25 questions. Okay. And what we're going to do is you're going to pick numbers. Okay. And we're just going to start going through these questions, and uh, mm -hmm. we'll go through however many until we hit that window of time that it's time to end the show. You use the term fun loosely, okay. Yes, yes. All right. You should be scared. <laughs> I'm a little bit, to be honest with you. All right, so pick a number. Two. Number two. Who is the most underrated political thinker today? The most underrated political thinker yes. today? Um, if, it's, if you're talking about issues of being anti-war, maybe Scott Horton. I think our people know who Scott Horton is, yeah. but the fact that the world doesn't know who Scott Horton is is a tragedy. Who, by the way, just came out with a new book. He did. Um, you'll be surprised to know it's about being anti-war. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Um, you know, I would say a runner-up is just the whole crew from the Tenth Amendment Center. Yeah, those guys are those guys well, are on point. You know, the Tenth Amendment, the guys at the Tenth Amendment Center tend to get lots of play in the media when somebody mentions the word nullification or some other famous celebrity is using it to grandstand, but they don't know half of what the people at TAC know. It's very true. Hard, hard agree. Hard agree. Yes, okay. Love it. Pick a number. Three. Number three. Who is the person you would most like to have as a guest on It's Too Late that you haven't had on yet? Autistic libertarian type like ours or a celebrity? Whoever, I mean anybody that you oh, would like dude. to have on the show that you have not had. Craig Ferguson of The Late Late Show. We're not going to talk about politics. I'm just going to let him do the show. <laughs> there you go. Um, talk for, about a ratings bump. For more like anarchists or libertarians, Michael Malice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I know people in the room here would love to have Michael Malice on this show. But, you know, the thing about Michael Malice is, is that there's some people out there with a lot higher profile than us. But you would be surprised. I get this question all the time. How did you get, how did you get Ron Paul on the show? How right. did you get whoever? And I tell them it, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I haven't been able to ask Michael Malice because he makes it particularly hard to contact him. Mm -hmm. he's, he's one of those. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Pick a number. Seven. Number seven. What is the funniest moment ever on It's Too Late? <laughs> well, technically the Woods thing was on the <laughs> yeah. gold standard, so that doesn't count. Oh. So It's Too Late. So we try really hard to be a relatively clean program, mm -hmm. but there was a period of time there where I just couldn't help myself. And I would call people DSers and mm -hmm. tell them what <laughs> website they should go to to get the information <laughs> right. they need. 
And whenever I did that, a good friend of ours, Suzanne Sherman, I would tell her that it's kind of like the swear jar. I would say I have to mention Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report right. every time. Of course, you'll notice I didn't do that in the monologue because fuck her, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Pick a number. Eight. Number eight. If the government disappeared tonight. Ooh. <laughs> and then it's like, woo! <laughs> go on. Yeah. What is the one thing that you would be maybe just a little bit nervous about continuing to function without the state? So what's the thing in, in your libertarian anarchist utopia that you're kind of like, I don't know if that would really work or not? Okay, I'm going to give what might be a little bit of a surprising answer to some people here. Now, based on your question, which is overnight, right, no right. period of time of adjustment, exactly. literally we wake up tomorrow and there is no government. You know there's going to be a purge, right? <laughs> so, like, don't get me wrong, fuck the police. But if we have no government literally overnight, y'all better lock your doors and bar the windows. Because there's some, you know what, look, I'm not saying that I want the police out there saving lives and bringing justice because I don't believe in state police. However, we do live around some less than savory people. And it's a shame because it's because of people like that that we can't so easily reach that free society we want to have. So I'm going to give you the really weird answer and say, I'll miss the police. Write that. Just that, that, is, a, that is a clip that we're going to take. I just lost Sherry for life. Right? Pick a number. Nine. Number nine. I like the way you're going sequentially. Nine's my favorite number, by the way. Okay. Is a protein, okay. sh is a protein shake... A drink or a meal? Okay. I guess if it's the only thing you consume and you are sated, then it is a meal. I can go with that. I mean, they've got all sorts of stuff out there now, like meal replacement shakes. It literally says meal <laughs> replacement right? on the bottle. But a so. lot of things say a lot of things. If you've seen this show, this is very true. <laughs> yes, there you go. So I'm going to say it's a meal, and I do have the last say on this. You do. Okay. Then there's really no wrong answer, except <laughs> if you gave the wrong answer. Okay. Pick a number. 13. Number 13. Lucky 13. Sports car or pickup truck? Oh, sports car. Thank you. I, I've got... Somebody other... <laughs> I've got retarded friends to carry my stuff <laughs> <Right>? for me. <laughs> I said the R word, yes, my bad. Yes, you did. You've also F-bombed twice. Deplatformed again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I was here for that. You can just blame me. I wasn't hosting that show. This is very true. Give me a number. How many was this? 25? 25. Let's just go to 25. All right, let's go to 20. I have to switch pages. 25. What is your earliest memory? <sighs> my earliest memory is standing next to my mom in the kitchen while she was frying me a bologna sandwich. When, and people who know my mother, she's not a tall woman. No. But at this moment, I'm looking way up at her. And, that's a, and it's one of those things, and in hindsight, that's a strange memory because she's two feet shorter than me right, right. now. And I, I distinctly remember being knee height looking up at my mom making a sandwich. That's sweet. Oh. 
Feel free to all, yeah. That's about the only all you're going to get on this program. <laughs> I don't know. We still got a bunch of questions. Okay. Left. So give me another number. 24. 24. How did you come up with the name It's Too Late? Someone would be very mad at me if I said, well, in my sheer genius, I came up with it. But that's not true. A dearly departed friend of ours who didn't survive the Rona named Dan Blanchett. Um, he, so we were, I was telling my friends, guys, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm going to change my show into a late night show. What should I call it? It's got to sound late nighty, but it's going to be different. And he just, it's too late. And I was like, okay, Dan. And then I killed him, and I said, guys, <laughs> guess what I came up with? It's, it's too late. So, so Dan came up with It's Too Late. So Dan, I didn't steal it. There you go. I gave you credit for it. That's awesome. Pick a number. Did I do 23 yet? We have not done 23 okay. yet. What is the most physically painful thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> I chopped the tips of these fingers off. How? <laughs> yeah. Why did you do that? I just is bored. <laughs> um... I, in another life, before becoming an internationally famous libertarian podcaster, uh, I owned a printing business. And in the printing business, we had, you know, this was not a, a super rich company. So we didn't have one of those really fancy ream cutters where you have to, like, hit the safety button and push the two buttons because your hands are out here away from the blade and it cuts paper. This was... this. This paper cutter was not exact. This was like from 1893. <laughs> That's not a joke. This thing was from 1893. But it was a hoss. It was a huge chunk of metal. And we got the blade sharpened and we would cut with it. Well, you know, they didn't have quite the same OSHA standards in 1893 <laughs> as they do now. And of course, believe it or not, it actually did have a little safety pin because they did have that back then. Ours broke and we said, eh, got to keep using it. And the most dangerous time of using one of those is changing out the blade because you're literally reaching in mm -hmm. and getting the blade out. It's a big hunk of metal with a giant. And uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> well. But I, I tell you, I'll always remember hearing a click that shouldn't have happened. And my hand is right here, and here's the blade. And I went, mm. I only lost a couple of tips. It's fine. It's Ooh. fine. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it did ruin my guitar playing career, though. Yeah. Among other things. Yes. Along with being bad at guitar, <laughs> I can't play anymore. Ah, uh, pick a number. It went from all to sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I picked the number, though. 22. 22. What is your biggest irrational pet peeve? Would it be an irrational pet peeve to say you don't like to repeat yourself? I know or what? It, you don't like to repeat yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick a number. Look how we're just moving on. Yeah, we'll just move on. Uh, 21. 21. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Oh, I'd rather be too hot. Same. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm freezing right now, actually. I'm glad for these lights. Pick another number. Are you complaining about the accommodations live on air? Absolutely. Okay. Pick a damn number. 20. Number 20, big 2-0. Okay, this is a good one. You'll like this. Because I hated all these others. Yes. Go ahead. This is, this is a tough one. You're okay. going to struggle with this one. Okay. Who do you tend to have more of a gut sympathy toward? 
the mainstream American left or the mainstream American right? That is a tough one. I told you. You know, so for people who don't watch the show regularly, you know, we don't like to use the words libertarian and anarchist that much because that's a quick way to just turn people off. But I'm an anarchist. I don't really do the left-right thing. I don't vote Democrat. I don't vote Republican because I don't vote for anybody. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of people I'm willing to bet here, and there's a lot of people that are probably fans of the show, that if forced to choose, they would say, well, maybe I grew up in a conservative household. Maybe I know how to speak their language. So I'll just, as a default, I'll pick right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. Republicans are the worst. <laughs> And because they're just absolutely useless, both in power and as an opposition party, I'll say left. I'm, I feel you, especially right now with the, as bad as the Republicans are performing in state legislatures. It's awful. They like, don't even do what they're supposed to do well, well. You know, like, they're mm -hmm. supposed to be good on guns. They're not even good at that. So, like, what good are they? See, anybody knows that this question became a question for him? <laughs> <laughs> I am the host of the oh, show. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You better watch it, you won't be back. <laughs> God. <laughs> Pick a number. 19. Number 19. This one's going to have to dig deep into your personal reservoir of, <laughs> of feeling. <laughs> deep. Deep dive. What is your biggest regret? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't even know that we're living it right now. <laughs> yeah, Mike, it would be a great idea for me to interview. I just, I just want to say, my friend Rob, I've known Rob since we were teenagers. We went to school together. And he's been such a trooper this whole show. He's doing, he's doing the thing, you know. I'm, I'm the musical guest. I'm over here. I'm watching the show. I'm waiting for my cue. But it was that moment right there that he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's because of the question or because he knows me. Okay. Okay. Since we're doing deep dives. We're doing it. Okay. Um, aforementioned business where I lost the tips of a couple of my fingers. I did something that a lot of people tell you you shouldn't do other than that. <laughs> I went into business with a business partner. It didn't work out. Mm. I feel like that's like legally all I should say, but right. Move on. Gotcha. Pick a number then. She told me she was 18. She did. <laughs> well, what is your favorite non-political book? My favorite non-political book. Nobody reads. <laughs> God, what an idiot. I knew you were going to say that. Um, I, I, just in, I just in my mind's eye started to take of a couple of books that are based on like military history. And I'm like, well, those are kind of political, I yeah. guess. Does that count? So the book War of the Rats, which they dramatized into the movie Enemy at the Gates about the German siege of Stalingrad. It's awesome. Okay. It's good, that, and, it, and, that, and it's technically good. fiction because it's like a based on a true right, story. Right. No, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like non, like not Rothbard or yeah. Mein Kampf or something like that. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Yes. That's, that's just what I was thinking too. 
16. Oh, 16. I, sk I skipped one because I felt bad about it. <laughs> Tell us something that you've done <laughs> that you think nobody else in here has ever done. <laughs> well, do we have any carpenters by trade here in the audience? If not, then probably that. Yeah. If, that, if, if so, then no, they got me. So I'll, I'll say, not just the doing it, but having the surreal moment of standing there saying, that's, that's mine <laughs> sitting on the table right there. I'm going to go with that. That's crazy. This has been a painful interview. <laughs> yeah, it has, hasn't it? Yes. Pick a number. Maybe it'll get easier. Did, so I skipped 17, right? Uh, we have not done 17. Okay, let's do 17. What, in your view, is the most destructive thing that the state does? Monopoly on education. Mm. There's, the, there's the phrase. We talked about it before. Um, I, don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I space. I don't remember the phrase comes from. Of If you keep sending your children to Caesar, don't be surprised when they come back as Romans. There's a lot of things that we talk about on the show. Sometimes we make light of it. Sometimes we have fun. But we also talk about a lot of serious things on the show. And a lot of our type of audience in particular, they like to talk things like the Federal Reserve. Oh, you got to hack at the root. You got to right. go after the money. And I get that 100%. But why would I believe for a second they wouldn't open a new Federal Reserve the next day? You got to stop sending your kids to those schools. Yep, you convinced me of that because I would have said Fed before mm -hmm. we had this conversation. There is, there is no person on this earth that is more qualified to make good choices for their children or who will value their education more than their parents. Mm -hmm. So their parents should be making those decisions for them, not hoping that the state does a good job. Boom. Yeah. Thank you. Pick a number. Five. Number five. Okay, this is similar to something that you've done, but this is a little bit different. Tell us something about yourself that nobody here knows about you. Anna Kay accepted. Okay, I was, I was going to say there's a few people here that know me fairly well, so I don't, I don't know about that one. Um, I mean, for the gamers out there, I got up to Diamond 2 in League of Legends. Okay, hey, yeah! Dude, I should have gone pro. I was a support main. Blitzcrank! Pick a number. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Two people in the room are like, yeah, I'm digging this. <laughs> right? I'm like, what? No, I don't understand this. Did, are, what's the... Huh? Shibana top lane. I'm old school, so it's like by my standard, that's a new champion. Sorry. So, sorry. Pick a number. Uh, did we do three yet? Um, yeah, we've done three. Four? Um, no, we've not done four. Okay, four. Let's do four. And we've also not done one. Just you know. Okay. Well, no, that's, that's the ace in the hole. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Number four. <clears throat> if you weren't hosting a late night show, mm -hmm. what would you want to be doing? I mean, I probably should get a job at some point. <laughs> no, I said, what would you want to be doing? Oh, what would I want to be doing? Well, I didn't answer this for the what people don't know about me question, because a few people here I know do, but I, I actually played music once upon a time. There's people in the room that can attest to that. So you want to be Rob? I want to be Rob, yeah. Rob should sit here and really, ask, we answer all really be painful Rob. questions about his life <laughs> while I play music. I think that's only fair. I think so, too. So I, I'm a jazz musician, and I, it, 
I mean, if I could just do that, I would. But, you know, jazz musicians make about as much money as libertarians. Right? <laughs> I have terrible life choices. Okay. You want to pick a number? Do you want me to just pick at this six. point? I, okay, six. We've not done six. Okay. Grits. Mm -hmm. Butter and sugar. Okay. Or butter and salt. Or, yuck, no grits. Now, you know I'm from the South. Yes. I don't like grits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> South card revoked. Damn carpet bag. Did Uncle Sam over there yell at me? <laughs> so I like most food, most Southern, I like most foods. <laughs> I like most breakfasty type foods. I don't like grits. That's weird. You're, I'd say hash weird. browns instead of grits. Yeah. All right. Triple covered. You know. Yep. <laughs> I heard a bunch of yep. <laughs> How about number 10? Sure. Why not? Let's do number 10. Number 10. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? <sighs> Wherever my fiance is. Aww. <laughs> She's lucking out this year that we don't have an extra camera to point on her face. Yes, she's thankful for that. I actually can't even see her because of one of the spotlights. No. Um, do you want to pick a number or do you want me to just run through the ones we have not covered? It was also Venice. I'd like Venice to live, to Italy? live there. Italy? Yeah. Or Florida? No, Italy. <laughs> yeah. Venice, Florida's hopping, man. Okay. Uh, what's the next number? Um, let's see, 11. 11, okay. Gold or crypto and why? So, like, this is already an audience of, like, 12 people, and you want to split it <laughs> right. that much further. Yes. Um, That's why I'm here. God, man. I guess, I'll tell you what, I guess I'm actually going to say gold. It pleases me as a gold peddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's, there are traditional reasons why gold still wins out. And while I know, look, I'm a, I'm a pro crypto person, yeah. you know, but there, there are parts of the crypto community that are a little bit yikes, by the way. Um, but beyond that, while I know all of the decentralization reasons, I know all of the, um, you know, sort of hiding one's assets from government, having, having a way to have a peer-to-peer -peer exchange and all that. I feel like some people are being a little bit short-sighted and naive that they think that they've won up the state that quickly and easily. Yeah. They've always got another trick. So if you're somebody out there that either just got your stimmy check or has been sitting on a bunch of Bitcoin, that's patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. <laughs> Or patreon.com slash godarchy. Would you shut up? <laughs> I am the host. All right, we're going to do a sports question, which is number 12. Awesome. All right. You can have one. Okay. A Vols National Championship for oh. football. Okay. Or a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. Oh, Vols. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Cowboys. I've liked the Cowboys my whole life. Hey. But college sports matter more. I can tell you, it feels pretty good to win a Super Bowl. You didn't win one. <laughs> How would you know? Tom Brady and I are like this. I'm sure you are. You were the one he was tossing the trophy to over the boat. <laughs> over the boat. 
So I'm, but I'm still going to say, look, I actually consider myself to be lucky that I've lived when my teams won championships. Because there's people out there that like the Bengals, right? And, you know, the Bills, and they'll never be happy. Yeah. <laughs> A couple of our good friends who couldn't make it tonight, I'm talking to them right now. Yes, they should have come. I should have. Um, let's see. 14. Uh, 14. Okay. What is something that legitimately scares you? Something that legitimately scares me. Legitimately scares me. Um, you think I should say something spicy that'll get me deplatformed? Yeah. Yeah. This is my show. Deplatform me if you'd like. I have said before, look, we love our boys in blue on this program. We're all always about defending the thin blue line. I'll tell you what, I don't know how many Brianna Taylors that you need before you realize that could happen to you or someone you know. And I sympathize sometimes, especially with the people they leave behind, because it's got to feel hopeless. We believe in the non-aggression principle around here. I grit my teeth as I say that. But I understand people who want to hurt those who hurt them. Mm -hmm. I'm not advocating anything YouTube censors. I'm just saying it's a natural human reaction to want to hurt those that hurt us or hurt our loved ones. If I ever came home one day and my loved one was dead and I found out, oh, wrong house. We were looking for weed. Should have been next across the street. I'd be very angry. And I would probably feel hopeless. And I'm going to stop talking right there so I don't get deplatformed. Very wise. <clears throat> All right, we don't have too many more. Just make up a few. <laughs> well, we see. We've got. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, oh, number 15. Okay. We've not done number 15. Who is your biggest influence as a show host? So, okay, I'll give you two. One for, like, this format, mm -hmm. and one for, like, like podcasting in particular. Right. For this for format, dude, if, if, if I could just have Craig Ferguson on the show, the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, before they got James Corden, whoever that loser is, <laughs> Ferguson was great. And not to give all of my secrets away, but you know, in the second segment of his show, he would always have a funny picture and then do tweets and emails. Kind of like how some people do meme of the week <laughs> oh, in the well. viewer mail. Clever. So that's, yeah. I'm such an original person. So that is an influence there. As far as podcasting goes, I'm actually going to give you another really one out of left field. I really hate Jason Stapleton. I think he's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> Ooh, wow. But I watched his show back in the day and thought, that's a clean looking show. I want to do that, but not be an asshole. <laughs> I love cutting the audience into clicks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's only one more. The only question we have not done is number one. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who is the best guest ever on It's Too Late, and why is it Mike Meharry? <laughs> well, I will say this. He's the most common guest <laughs> on It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. What are you up to now? Have you, or have you lost count? I have no clue. I f how many? Four or 
Oh, it's more than that. He's been on every live show we've done. That's three That's right three, there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's closer to like seven or eight. We've only done 150 episodes. <laughs> Half of those don't have a guest. So, I guess because you just keep coming back for more. <laughs> right. And I mean, you know what, Mike? You're an interesting guy. We, we, we do sports ball every now and again. Yeah, we used to. Anyway. A whopping two people who answered my survey said they like sports. So, by God, we're going to keep giving. <laughs> we're going to keep We're giving, hitting that demographic. We're hitting that demographic. Um, we, talk, we can talk about anything. That's true. We can. We talk about all sorts of conspiracies and all the people that we would prefer took a long walk off a short <laughs> pier and all that. So that's why. Yeah. I, I know that if a guest stands me up, not that an, a guest has ever done that, like Tom DiLorenzo, but not that a guest <laughs> has ever done that. But I could, I could call you that day and say, hey, Mike, my guest flake, you want to talk about whether you think gold or crypto is better. <laughs> and you'll be like, yeah, give me five minutes. Yep. So there you go. There you go. That's why Mike Meharry is the best Old reliable. Guest. Old reliable. That's right. Well, that concludes our interview section. Am I supposed to do something else? Like, am I pitched Do, to do you have a final thought? Do you have a final thought? Well, I'll be back in the chair a couple of segments from now, so I don't need to give my final thought right this second. Well, I think we ought to all give Alan Mosley a big hand. Think about it, 150 episodes. I think the average podcast is like three episodes. So you've like, I don't do math, but you've like really outdone that. I've enjoyed some of those episodes. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to the 200th live episode, but it damn well better be in the spring. <laughs> Today's the first day of spring. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to sunshine. Mike, what you're looking for is, guys, we're going to be back with Misled Utopia right after the break. Don't go away. gentlemen our musical guest tonight is a rock band out of nashville tennessee their latest album which you can see right here the cage that locks us in is currently available on all platforms here to play a single off of that album ask yourself ladies and gentlemen misled utopia
Misled Utopia, Rob, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Gavin, thank you. Guys, we're gonna be right back after this final break, which means they're gonna play again. Stick around. Hi guys, it's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products, from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at her online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. Like our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at TV. And subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. You think we should do this again next year? I'm on the fence. I'll tell you what, we'll let you guys decide. Should we do this again next year? For Mike Meharry's next 25 questions, come to episode 200 next year, guys. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week.